Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I hope you're having a great day today. I hope you've already spent time reading your own Bible and in prayer. And today, before the sun sets, try to find an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. One day, Jesus is coming. And when we're in heaven, I promise you this, it won't matter how much money you made, how many fish you caught, how far you drove the ball down the fairway. All of that is fine in its place. But I tell you what's going to matter a million years from now is what we do for the cause of Christ and how faithful we were to walk with him. And I tell you, there's nothing like it. The more you do it, the more you love it. The closer you get, the more beautiful he becomes. You find that out with some people. You think that there's something when you don't know him very well. Uh, from a distance, they look quite uh, uh, maybe attractive or uh, like a, a good acquaintance, maybe someone you'd want to be friends with from a distance. But the more intimate you get, the more knowledge of a person you gain, often the more flaws you discover. Well, the opposite is, few, uh, is, uh, is in view with Christ. The closer you get to Christ, you don't find flaws. You just see he's more perfect than you ever imagined. And I promise you this, every day you strive to spend time in your Bible, you spend time on your knees in prayer, and you do what Jesus did while he was here bodily. You witness to people, and I promise you this, you're going to fall more and more in love with Jesus. Now, we're in Acts chapter 12. We've been studying through the book of Acts together, and we've gone verse by verse through most of uh, the, uh, the book already, about halfway through now. And here we are in Acts chapter number 12. This will be our second study in this 12th chapter, and I'm looking forward to getting into the content that we'll study today. If you've missed our previous Bible studies, if it will, of course, be beneficial for you to get those and listen in. That way you can be up to date uh, with me as we study the Bible together. All of those previous Bible studies are archived on our podcast. Our podcast is available wherever you find your podcast. You can type in Striving for Revival, hit subscribe, and then you'll have free access to all of the Bible studies that we've done. There is literally hours of content there on the uh, podcast, and I, I believe that that can be a good study tool for you and uh, maybe a help. I know some of you, as I travel, will tell me that you study along with me as I study my Bible, and it's it's hard sometimes on the radio. You might be caught off guard or on the road or at work. You can't get your Bible out in a pencil or a pen and take notes, but the podcast enables you to to take notes and study along with me and listen whenever you find the time to do so. So find the podcast, download it, subscribe to it, and I pray that'll be a blessing to you. Now, in Acts chapter 12, it begins with Herod murdering James, martyring James, and imprisoning Peter. James, his blood will be shed and fall into the ground there uh, in the city. And Herod sees that James being martyred, pleases the Jews. And like every greasy politician, he's looking for approval. He'll sell his soul for a handshake and a vote. 
And he says, you know what? It pleased them that James was killed. Let me arrest Peter. So he takes Peter and arrests him. We read this last study. Peter's placed in prison. And the Bible said Peter is watched by a quaternion of soldiers. Uh, So Peter has 16, not just one, but four quaternions of soldiers, 16 soldiers guarding him. These men are charged to keep that prisoner behind bars at the expense of their own life if he escapes. So Peter is in prison. Now, while Peter's in prison, I like what it said in verse 5, the church went to praying. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. The church knew full well they didn't have the money to pay his bail, didn't have the power to break in and set him free. They had no political clout to pull a string, but they could pray. And by the way, prayer is not a last resort. Prayer is the primary weapon in this life that we live. Prayer is such a powerful tool for the Christian to think that you and I have the privilege, the position, the opportunity to go to God and make our requests known unto him. And we have the promise that he hears our prayer and he wants to answer them. The Bible tells us that we have boldness to enter into that throne room, not boldness like we're going to take over, but the boldness of a son who approaches his father knowing my father loves me. He wants to meet my need. He wants to hear the burden of my soul. And I can share that with him in confidence. We have that burden that we can go to God as his children and God wants to hear and wants to answer our prayer. And this church goes to praying for Peter. Peter's kept there behind iron bars, wrapped in chains and guarded by soldiers, but they prayed. And I like the old song, prayer's just as big as God is big. Prayer's just as strong as God is strong. And while the church was praying and Peter was in prison, the angel of the Lord showed up. You see what happened? Prayer got Jesus on the scene. The angel of the Lord comes into that prison. A light from heaven shines around. He smites Peter. He hits Peter on the side to wake him up. He said, Peter, get up. Put on your sandals. It's time to go. And all of a sudden, the chains fall off of Peter. Peter rises up. He follows the angel of the Lord out the prison doors. And an amazing thing, Peter is set free by prayer. Prayer got the job done. Prayer did what the church could not do in their own power because prayer gets the power of God in on the situation. Now, to get where we're at today, verse number 12. Peter's out of prison. He's going back to where the disciples are. It says in verse 12, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. So the church is still involved and engaged in prayer. They don't know about the miracle that took place down at the prison house. They're praying. And they're praying, the Bible said, in the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark. Many Bible commentators say this is the house where Jesus had uh, administered the Passover. We call it the Last Supper to his disciples. And maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it gives us insight into what that house would have been uh, or what it would have looked like had this been the house. And we can learn that as we study this passage together. So Peter goes, and he goes to the house of John Mark. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. So a woman comes to the door, and her name is Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened up the gate for gladness. She was so excited that Peter was there that in her uh, happy hysteria, if you will, she forgets to let the man in. 
She turns and she runs back because she wants to report the good news that Peter has been set free, that Peter is no longer in prison. Now, let me go back a minute and say, remember I said a lot of Bible commentaries say that this Passover feast was held in the house that we're reading about right now. And if it's so, uh, we can kind of learn a little bit about this house. Obviously, it's a large home because there's a large group of disciples there praying. So there's a door that opens from the street, not into the house, but into a gated, if you will, courtyard between the road and the house. So there's an open space of ground enclosed by a wall, and you go through that door, you walk into a courtyard. That's the door where Rhoda met Peter. So there's a large, spacious courtyard there and a large, spacious home. So you can see that it'd be very easy for this house to accommodate Christ and his disciples. All of these Christians are there praying. Now, let me take my Bible, and if you have the ability, you can turn as well. Let's look together in Colossians chapter number 4. I want to see something here. And let me get my Bible, go to Colossians chapter number 4, and uh, I'm using the uh, radio studio Bible, so it takes me just a minute here. Colossians chapter 4, all right, now in verse uh, number 10. All right, it says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus's sister's son to Barnabas. Now that's interesting. And Marcus' sister's son to Barnabas. Touching whom ye receive commandment, if he come unto you, receive him. So it tells us a little bit about the lady who owns this home. You see, what do you mean? Well, she's a sister to Barnabas. So she's in the family of Barnabas. And we know Barnabas was a man of wealth and means. He was able to give a large sum of money off the sale of property to the church in Jerusalem. And his sister also had some financial means as well. She had this large household and had uh, people there helping like Rhoda. And so we can get a little picture of what's going on here and how the gospel impacted families and the house where the Passover was held. It's interesting. Don't just read through your Bible, but study out what it's talking about. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I really didn't get into the text yet. We'll, fi uh, we'll fix that next broadcast. We'll pick up where we've left off. Until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.